Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Yes, welcome to our Monday edition of On The Pace. Brittany Graham with you this week as we spend the next half an hour showcasing harness racing as we look back on what was a great weekend of action. We've also got uh, Bankstown this afternoon and another big week upcoming, particularly when it comes to New South Wales interest in Queensland, as was the case on the weekend with the running of the inaugural Rising Sun. Of course, Mick Gearham spoke with the winning trainer, Nathan Purden. Of course, he and Amazing Dream and his father, Mark, combined to take out that $250,000 feature. New South Wales certainly weren't let down by Expensive Ego, who ran another extremely good race for third uh in terms of other group one racing this weekend tricky mickey took out the delayed golden slipper out of gloucester park last night and if you miss the replay of shockwave boy oh boy he has returned in some astonishing form and hopefully we could see a horse like him in New South Wales, maybe for an Inter-Dominion later on this year. We'll have John Dumancy on shortly to discuss the Inter-Dominion as the conditions were released late last week. We had feature racing at Menangle on Saturday night as well with the New South Wales trot finals for the two, three, four and five-year-olds as well. The two-year-old edition went the way of Lettuce Trotter pacing Brad Gelding. He was too good in the three-year-old division, a fair to cover was able to get another feature race on his side for Troy Williams and Robbie Morris. And the four- and five-year-old went the way of Aragni Flair, a mare who certainly no doubt tested the patience of her connections, but she came through when the good money was on offer to take out that feature. Today, as I mentioned, we, I guess, change focus. We head to Bankstown this afternoon. Ford is going to be a strong card of seven races, always competitive. The first gets underway at 1.33. And Leighton Green has a nice book of drives on the card this afternoon, and he's our first guest for On The Pace this morning. Leighton, good morning. How are you? Hey, Britt. How are you going? Really good, thank you. No doubt looking forward to this afternoon. And it seems at the moment, every time you turn up to Bankstown, you have a great afternoon in terms of stats this season. You're operating at a 23% win strike rate, so that's not too bad at all. No, it's not. You know, McDowell's like taking a few horses to um, Bankstown, so it helps with my driver there. Certainly. In terms of the McDowell's, they're obviously uh, your employers. How long have you been with them? And they give you some great opportunities. So it's great to see you repaying them for that faith as well. Yeah, I've um, been here for almost three years now. i uh, come here just to, at the um, age of 14 and um, yeah, just worked my way up from my trial life to now my um, B grade. So, yeah, no, they've been great to me. This season alone has been fantastic for you. You've had uh, 36 wins overall, but you had 18 wins last season and you're already at that number this season. So all things are looking pretty strong for you to build on that number quite significantly. Yeah, no, 100%. McDowell's has been giving me some more opportunities um, now that I'm proving that I um, got some ability, I suppose, in a way. And um, yeah, no, the opportunities they've given me is helping me get the wins up. Yeah, absolutely. But as you mentioned, you're proving to them that you can take those opportunities and run with them. So that's all important. Let's hope we can build upon that number this afternoon as you have, as I mentioned, some nice drives on the card. You kick things off in the second event today aboard. He's all ticker for Scott Wade, a horse that you've driven 
uh, a little bit of late. A second last time out at Penrith, despite being beaten big margins of late, he hasn't been racing badly. He's just got the one win from 22 starts. But I would say this looks quite a winnable race for him this afternoon. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, he can run a nice race. He's hopefully backed up all right from Thursday night. Um, if he can back up all right, the, the, the draw is a little bit tricky. Um, we're not too sure exactly what we would do in the race yet, but yeah, he, it's definitely a, a, a race for him to be in the finish. He's shown gate speed earlier on in his career, but of late from four or five gates, you've sort of been uh, in two minds, not necessarily using that immediate speed. We have to ask for an effort today because it looks on paper for your main dangers are drawn off the second row. So it's, I guess, the thought process that you have to try and stay in front of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think um, going forward would probably be a um, a good idea, but just I'm not too sure if he's got that um, amazing speed to be able to cross the one, but we'll have to see what happens. All right, race number three, jump aboard Xanadu for the McDowell family. First up here since November, so a bit of an unknown quantity there, but you might be able to update us on her progress. You drove her at a trial at Penrith. Uh, going back uh, about a month ago now, and then she's since been to Menangle for another trial. She's been beaten lengthy margins in both. What have you made of those trial performances ahead of today's return? Yeah, those trials, she's, um, we didn't really ask too much from her because uh, she's a hawk that's got a few um, injuries, but she's um, got, a, got a lot of ability. She's um, a very nice mare. Just um, Hopefully she's fit enough to um, be too good for him tonight, but I'm very confident with her. You're the only horse drawn off the second row, so that gives you options. There's only the six runners as well. So that kind of uh, mitigates that little bit of, I guess, uncertainty when it comes to the fact that you're off the second row. The smaller field means you shouldn't be too far off them. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's a few options there. We could always uh, stay on the fence there or get off the fence um, and get in the running line, but we'll just play that by you at the start. The team's well represented also with Shesmak and also Kezamak. You've got a scratching there with New York Rain. But are, are either of those the main dangers to you or are there some others that you're a little more worried about? Um, Kezamak, she's um, actually a nice little mare. She, the draw didn't help her. Um, just, yeah, we'll have to, like, yeah, probably Kezamak, probably the, the, the bigger danger out of those two. Um, it, the race is not overly strong, but again, my horse probably. Might be a one short, but hopefully she's just um, too good for him. Yeah, that's race number three, horse number seven, Xanadu. We look across to race number six. The four all-star magician is your steer here. And he's been racing pretty well of late. You were aboard last time when third at Penrith in quite strong time. Again, the draw maybe looks potentially tricky on paper. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's not real fast out. He used to be real good out, but it's just uh, late. He's just not very fast out. So he just might have to um, glide across and get in somewhere and hopefully get a bit of cover. If not, um, just have to drive him a bit tougher and what we would like. And the last on the card, better sensation, is probably the horse with nearly as much ability as any this afternoon, but just has a few quirks, this fellow, and he's subsequently been sent back to the trial since his last start effort back at Penrith, what is it about him? Is he just a little bit fiery? Does he hit himself somewhere? Does he not like the smaller tracks, or is it just a, a bit of a mystery? Oh, he is a bit of a tricky horse. Um, yeah, like when he's right and he brings back, uh, brings the, his good menace to the races. He um, he's always in form. Like he's, I don't think he's ever, ever been out of the money. Only the times he um, galloped. Um, but yeah, there's 
yeah, he's just a bit of a tricky horse. He gets a bit fiery and just, um, I don't know, he just can't um, handle those tight turns sometimes. So, Is the one a good gate or a bad gate today then? Uh, it all depends on him because like, he can get out of the gate really well um, and then there's days he's not brilliant it out. So just um, the one gate's probably not too bad for him. Just hopefully we can keep him, um, you know, hopefully we can get the right manners out of him today and hopefully he's too good for him. Four drives on the afternoon, which are you the most confident heading towards? Uh, probably Xanadu and um, Better Sensation. They're probably my best two. Um, he's all ticker and all-star. They're both, like, again, they're, they're still good chances, but I think Xanadu and Better Sensation are the better ones. And tomorrow you've got a drive at Menangle aboard Major Obama. Nice to get on this, Skeldon, because he's absolutely flying. So you must be uh, keen to get out to the big circuit at Menangle and, and see what he can provide. Yeah, I've actually never driven him um, in a race before, but it'll be my first time. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to him because, like you said, he's a very nice horse and he's in form. So see what happens. Well, appreciate your time this morning, Leighton. Congratulations on your results this season so far. Hopefully, it continue can continue, particularly at Bankstown this afternoon. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Bye. Lake Green there this morning. Certainly a concession rain's been in form at the moment in New South Wales and he's sitting on that 18 win mark already this season, which looks as though he'll certainly better what he was able to do last season went on a very similar number. So at this stage, halfway through, uh, he's certainly kicking goals. That's for sure and certain. Speaking of someone kicking goals, Jack Trainer's currently sitting at the top end of the state driving premiership in New South Wales. He's having... An amazing season thus far, and that form continued on Saturday night as well at Menangle when he was able to drive home a treble and also have a winner from his stable as well. And he joins us as well this morning for On The Pace. Good morning, Jack. It seems each time we chat, things just continue to roll along so well for you this season. That must be a little bit of a dream. Yeah, that's right. Um, Good morning to you, Brittany. Obviously, um, as you said, everything's going really well. And uh, the more times I get to talk to you, even better. (laughs) <laughs> in terms of Saturday night, you had those three winners. Pocket of Terror from your own team is a horse that's doing a great job and he just seems to keep stepping up to the mark. That was a strong open class field on Saturday night and he was able to win, you know, it wasn't a huge margin, but still the sectionals of late probably didn't suit a horse coming from off the pace. No, that's right. Um, he's a horse I've only given about five or six starts now and um, he's won three free for alls, which is... um. Obviously, a good effort in itself. Um, he's a really nice horse. He's got really high speeds, and um, he's very suited to the Menangle style of racing. So, um, yeah, he, he did beat some nice horses the other day, and um, like you said, the race probably wasn't run to suit as such, but, yeah, he just keeps surprising us and um, keeps taking that next step, and uh, he's a really nice horse to have in the barn. We're going to talk to John Dumancy shortly about the Inter-Dominion, and no doubt you would have seen the conditions of that event released late last week. Is he a horse that would suit that concept? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's probably it's probably um, quite a big ask, I suppose, when you're talking about the calibre of an Inter-Dominion horse, but the beauty is having it in your backyard and, and in your hometown. So, I mean, if he's still racing good at that time, and he warrants himself um, to have a go at that series, for sure that'd be something to aim at, but we're also very realistic and um, realise that the class of horse to become an Inter-Dominion-style horse is probably one step ahead again. 
Yeah, well, we'll see what happens over the next few months, but he can't do a lot more than he's being asked of late. Let us trot took out the Harness Racing New South Wales two-year-old trot New South Wales final. Uh, gelding by Tintin in America that can certainly trot a little bit. He's only had the two starts. He remained unbeaten after that performance on Saturday night. 57-8 and eight for a juvenile trotter. It's a pretty good effort. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think he's a serious trotter, Brittany. Um, he done that with absolute ease. And, um, yeah, the way he felt, to be honest, he felt like he could go with free-for-all trotters. So, um, yeah, he was an exciting horse to be able to drive. Um, obviously, due to the circumstances, I was able to keep keep the drive on him and um, yeah it was a really good race to win but um, I'd say that he's going to have a really bright future ahead of him. Yeah certainly Tough Love was a good run in second considering she did things wrong but in the end he was absolutely dominant. You've got a few steers this afternoon at Bankstown the first of which is in race number four on the card from your stable ball terror goes around. I would say this horse may have been a little bit frustrating for a while when joining the stable, kept running minor placings before a last start victory. So hopefully that's a start of a little bit of a roll. Yeah, that's right, Brittany. He's a bit like his owner, that one. He's a bit cheeky. So um, he finally got his got a win on the board the other day, which was good. But, um, yeah, he, he probably doesn't try 100% to the best of his ability, but as long as he keeps earning checks, we're happy to have him. The draw today, the three gate, looks pretty good on paper. Does he have the speed to, to utilise that draw and do you expect him to be up on pace somewhere? Um, yeah, his gate speed's probably not his biggest asset, but um, we've sort of worked out that he seems to like racing up on the pace. So um, he'll be driven forward and put into the race at some stage and um, he can sort of stick with the, the leader as such. That seems to be where he does his better racing. Race number five, you partner up with Mr. Armstrong again, a horse that you had quite a bit to do with last season. You haven't driven in a little while, but he's certainly a talented pacer in his own right. The draw doesn't look too kind on paper today outside of the front row, but on class in this sort of race and up to 55 grade race, he's dropping a long way back in class. Yeah, that's right. He is. He, it wasn't that long ago. He was racing in the regional champs and the um, consolation to that, so like you said, in a 55 race, even from an awkward draw, he's the sort of horse that can probably make his own luck in that sort of race. So, um, yeah, I think he's sort of not a bad chance on paper either. And the last on the card, Total Diva, is your drive here. Speaking of mares dropping back in grade, she's a mare that's got a good record overall. And even though numerically her form probably isn't overly enticing on paper, she's one that should run a good race. She hasn't raced for a little while, though, and you jump aboard today from the outside of the front row. But just on paper, what are your thoughts? Yeah, she's obviously the class horse of this race also. Um, I think that Peter Hansen's taken a bit of time with her to get her fully right again, and um, you can never underestimate one of his horses, especially at Bankstown. So I expect her to be a lot better this week, and um, I'm tipping that she'll go a really good race. Three good chances today, but you've also got a really good book of drives tomorrow of the eight races. You've got a steer in seven of them. We won't go through them all, but is there one that you're looking forward to most tomorrow? You've got a few of your own in, particularly in the last Mason's Delight is one that should run a good race. Now, Madiba and the Claimer, those two, they're from your stable. Of course, you know them best. Are they both good winning hopes? Yeah, they are, um, Brittany. Um, Madiba went good on. Saturday night and probably stronger grade. He's back into a claiming race tomorrow, so I expect him to go good. And I also think Mason's Delight will improve from his first up run for me last Saturday. And um, I think he's a really nice horse, so he's definitely one to follow, and I expect him to go probably a um, very good race tomorrow.
That's tomorrow. Just quickly before we let you go, I know that you work closely alongside Jason Grimson and you drive a majority of his starters as well. There's a few horses in his team that were being touted for Queensland. Now, obviously, neither of you can head north, but is the plan still for a, a few of those nice mares or fillies to head north this weekend? Yeah, we were actually just discussing that then. Um, Brittany, he's um, trying to do his best to work out uh, the best possible plan for them. And, um, yeah, at this stage, he's nominating Island Fire Dance for the Oaks and um, possibly I think he has also nominated the Stunning Nun for the Mayor's Race. So I, I think um, those would be the two that he'd be most enticed to take. And, um, yeah, it's just a matter of being able to organise someone to look after them and getting them there in the right sort of time frame. Yeah, it's disappointing for all involved, but no doubt uh, they're two horses in particular that could really make their presence felt if they do make their way north, and we'll keep an eye on that situation across the week. Thanks for your time this morning, Jack. Continued success, and uh, particularly this afternoon at Bankstown. Awesome. Thanks very much, Chris. Jack Trainer there, as I mentioned, his strike rate this year, he's operating at a 28% win strike rate, which is quite astronomical considering the amount of times he's going around. And he's sitting on 98 victories this season alone. So he's sure to crack the ton shortly. And he's currently operating with a pretty decent lead in that state driver's premiership as well. His nearest rival at the present time is another young gun in Cameron Hart. So the sport's certainly in safe hands there. And that would be music to the ears of our next guest, John Dumasey, who will join us now to discuss not only the Inter-Dominion and the conditions that are surrounding that, because it's rapidly approaching and also the COVID situation that's no doubt at the forefront of everybody's minds. Good morning to you, John. No doubt there's probably very little sleep happening at the moment with plenty happening in New South Wales, but how are you? I'm well, Brittany, and um, it's a pleasure to be here to speak with you and for, um, for us to give, give the opportunity to let our um, many, many fans know what is exactly happening, especially with the COVID situation. Well, let's start off with that. There was some pretty ordinary news filtering through yesterday in terms of numbers. And with the hub, I guess, Menangle, Metropolitan Racing and the likes of Penrith as well, of course, in that metropolitan region, Bankstown this afternoon, uh, it's concerning when you hear those numbers filtering through. Has anything changed from a harness racing perspective? No, we put in place uh, the opportunity for um, trainers to come in from outside of the lockdown area under very strict protocols. And it was really pleasing um, Pleasing in this respect that uh, we had a visit from um, the police who um, have every right to visit every business and every activity across um, this greater Sydney area to see that people are being compliant. And it was really pleasing that um, everybody was. All our participants, they know that we're operating under um, some very strict guidelines. Um, we've got a licence to race. We've had it since uh, March last year. And uh, Harness Racing New South Wales will do everything it can to protect the industry, keep the industry racing, and do anything additional. So um, it's great to know that people are compliant and people are seeing what it is that we need to do. Yeah, it's so vitally important that we can can continue with an expected 100 new cases to be announced today, potentially. Is there any concern that harness racing and racing in general, whereas we've been able to, you know, get through this time so far, is there any concern at all that harness racing will have to take a, a little break if restrictions continue to tighten, or is that no issue at this stage? At this, at this stage, there's no issue based on the fact that we are compliant and we are compliant plus. 
So we go that extra step further. It might not suit everybody, but um, it's for the industry at large. And and as I said, with that um, with that um, isolation area that we have introduced at uh, Menangle for the Metropolitan Meetings, this week we have three trainers coming in, James Ratbray, Steve and Amanda Turnbull, and um, uh, Clayton Harmy. So they will be segregated well away from anybody else that's on the course. Uh, they won't stop their vehicle any time they're in that Greater Sydney area. So uh, that's the protections we've got in place, and it, it's so good these people are adhering to that. Naturally, they adhere to it for their own health. And that everyone on the tracks, even if it's outside the Greater Sydney area, at the tracks in the country areas where they all have to wear masks, they mask up. The club secretaries ring. We want to do a presentation. What's the protocol? They're, they're observant of those protocols and they're reaching out to find out exactly what it is. So, yes, it's all good. If we keep it up, um, we will we'll continue to race. Yeah, that's what we need to happen, don't we, in terms of continuing to race and giving everybody an opportunity to keep their livelihoods rolling along in what is a pretty uncertain time. Hopefully we can get on top of this in New South Wales, John, because we've got a pretty exciting event really on our doorstep with the Inter-Dominion and I saw that the conditions were released earlier or late last week. So give us a complete rundown on how this year's Inter-Dominion will look, where we kick off, where we will wrap up uh, and any other bits and pieces of information that you think our listeners need to know about. Well, it's a really a return to the traditional Inter-Dominion type um, event, Carnival, three rounds of heats into the final Nothing too much different. Only in New South Wales this year, we've we've spread the races a little bit further, and and already that started the chatter about whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And that is that we'll start at Menangle, we'll move to uh, Bathurst, we'll come back to Newcastle, and then we'll finish up at Menangle. There is travelling there, and then the trainers will have to um, use their best best efforts. And um, we've got some masterful trainers here to make sure their horses are um, at the top of their game. But but that's not. This movement of um, from track to track is not, nothing um, new. Um, in like in 2007, there were heats run at Mooney Valley for the Globe Derby uh, Inter Dominion final. So it's not anything new. And then, of course, before that, in 2002, um, Harness Racing New South Wales and the principal club, Club Menangle, actually took were the first ones to take them the heats away from one particular track, and that was when we went to Newcastle. So. Yes, um, there will be an ask of these horses, but this is a test of endurance and, and it's an extra test perhaps. But um, trainers should be well aware that Harness Racing New South Wales look at all these things and there will be measures put in place which uh, the trainers can take up to look after their horses through the carnival. Yeah, absolutely. And we look forward to seeing what the various clubs, obviously Bathurst, uh, Menangle and Newcastle can provide when it comes to uh, entertainment and the likes on those nights, because I'm sure that there will be big crowds in attendance. Should that be, of course, acceptable at that time to see some of the best paces and trotters in the land make their way to New South Wales. So nominations will close on the 27th of September. So when we look at the calendar, it's not all that far away. So I guess it would be uh, a positive sign to see trainers and connections start to plot a plan and, uh, you know, get themselves organised to put nominations in place. Well, certainly, and, and they'll come out of the um, the wonderful carnival that's on in Queensland at the moment, and that's why we got them out now, these conditions, so that they can plan uh, leading up to the Inter-Dominion. Um, some, no doubt, will need a, a short break in there somewhere, but um, it's it's 
aiming for what is the pinnacle event on the national stage. Uh, each state has their own major event, but the Inter-Dominion's the pinnacle event. So um, there, there are many measures that Harness Racing New South Wales or here in New South Wales we've introduced um, over over the years with this Inter-Dominion and with other races. Uh, the, the usage of uh, retention barns was first used in New South Wales. So uh, every ever endeavour will be put in place and, and um, the the conditions certainly say that we, we can do things to assist trainers, and, and that might be with the travel. It might be where the horses are, are kept during this carnival. So um, trainers look at those conditions. They make up their mind, and they go forward. Um, Amanda Turnbull said, well, it's it's what it is. We all have to compete under the same terms and conditions, so we go forward. And then, of course, we see um, uh, the McCarthy stable say, well, it's hard on the horses, and that is to be respected as well. But... They are all very good trainers, and I'm sure they will have their horses at, at their very peak when it comes to these, this carnival. Yeah, just quickly, I'm just going to, going to run through how it will work. So the first qualifying heats will be run on the 27th of November at Menangle over the 2,400 metres. They'll then back up on the 1st of December at Bathurst over the sprint trip, the 17.30. They'll then head along that Sunday to Newcastle for the 2,030 metre third qualifying heats. And then the grand final will be run at Tabcourt Park, Menangle on the 11th of December over the 3,009 metres, John. So just furthermore to your point, in terms of uh, the the staying capacity that these horses are going to have to show, we only see the 3,000 metres start really uh, at Menangle use for the Inter-Dominion. And off the back of such a busy time, not a truer word will be spoken. The survival of the fittest will come out on top, won't it? It is, and that's that's the tradition of the Inter-Dominion. It's, it's been since 1936 when it first came along. It was run in Western Australia. So uh, trainers think about travel, um, taking horses from the eastern seaboard to Western Australia all those years ago would have been a mammoth task, I'm sure. So it, it is what the Inter-Dominion is. And, and like you say, Brittany, when it goes out to Newcastle, they, they hold a wonderful Newcastle mile every year. When it goes out to to Bathurst, they hold a wonderful gold crown carnival. This is giving to our fans. What we need to do is take these really good horses to our fans, show them how good they are, and create more interest in this sport. And that, that's exactly what this will do. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly, before I let you go, just a question for my own interest. I see that that final will be run on a Saturday evening. My memories of the Inter-Dominion at Menangle so far have been in the daytime slot, just being a proud Queenslander when Blackie was able to salute on a Sunday afternoon. Was there any thought to going to that Sunday afternoon slot for the grand final? Uh, not really. Um, Saturday night, um, the lighting at Menangle is there for a good reason, and that is to um, have a good expose of the horses. So it'll be a Saturday night. What you will see is um, we've moved the, um, the to the Sunday afternoon with the Newcastle heats, and that was to put an extra day in between Bathurst and the Newcastle heats. And that was a consideration of the travel that these horses will have to endure during that carnival. So... Um, no, it's Saturday, 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 basically. So it's a two-week carnival that will, will suit, uh, we hope, uh, the grand champion at the end of the day. And you, you mentioned Blacks of Fake. Blacks of Fake was the horse that uh, I remember the connections clearly. And, and Natalie, Natalie had that most wonderful horse, the greatest Inter-Dominion winner of all time. He won four out of five, and I think he ran second uh, in the other one. Um, there was a call that uh, the... In 2007, when the one lot of heats were going to be in Melbourne, that that was too hard. 
But uh, Natalie knew how to prepare a horse. She certainly uh, took the horse uh, across from Victoria to Globe Derby to run in that second round of heats. So it, it's up to the trainers to, they know the conditions, they will have them there. They are very good trainers of these horses, uh, and they're very, very good horses. So they'll, they'll make the mark, and they, I'm, I'm sure we'll see the best of what's available in Australia at the time and New Zealand at the time in this Inter-Dominion. Yeah, fingers crossed we do get some New Zealand interest as well because that really is an integral part of this series. Appreciate your time this morning, John. And if people want to find out those conditions for both the Pacers and the Trotters, they're available on the Harness Racing New South Wales website. Certainly, uh, Britain. And for those listeners out there that weren't watching Albion Park last Friday night, I suggest if you want to see a very good drive, have a look at the win of Quick, Quick Step. It was a brilliant drive. I'm sure that will get a run on in the gig this week. I'll be certainly petitioning Ben Way and, and the rest of the crew there to, to show these young drivers how, how a female driver um, can land a winner as good as any of the male drivers. And it really goes to show how good this sport is with gender equality. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, John. That was very nice. John Dumasy there this morning for On The Pace. Of course, he steers the ship at Harness Race in New South Wales with some stormy waters ahead when it comes to COVID. Hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we can all get on top of things before what is set to be a brilliant inter-dominion rolls into town come late November this year. That's on the pace for this Monday morning. We've spoken to Leighton Green and found some winners at Bankstown today. The same could be said, hopefully, for Jack Trainer. If you miss those earlier chats, uh, they will be podcasted shortly. And John Dumasy has given us an update on the COVID situation and a look ahead to the Inter-Dominion. No on the pace tomorrow morning, but I'll be back on Wednesday morning to preview what is going to be no doubt another competitive card at Bathurst. Nine races there, the first at 4.13. But first, Bankstown this afternoon. Hopefully you can tune in and find a winner along the way. The first there at 1.33.